feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, lots of developments coming from Israel and lots of protests across America and across the world. I want to hear your thoughts as to where this is headed. Uh, Some heartbreaking scenes. I mean, over the weekend, the Brooklyn Bridge was shut down in Brooklyn, New York. They were climbing on top of it. Traffic couldn't move on Friday Grand Central Station at rush hour was shut down. I mean, things are getting so out of hand. And still, members of the so-called Democratic squad, well, they are going all over the place. They're continuing their message and not even condemning Hamas. I mean, where do we draw the line? And the White House seems to think, oh, gosh, okay, well, now we got to crack down on anti-Semitism. Where were they in the first few weeks of this conflict when things started to get heated right away? I remember when Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked at the White House, well, what do you think about all these anti-Semitic attacks? And guess what? Basically, she started talking about Islamophobia, and then she finally made it to, you know, anti-Semitism. I'm glad that she is condemning all forms of hate. All forms of hate should be condemned. But the question was about anti-Semitism, and it seemed to water it down by the time she got to anything topic related to the Jewish population. So the White House needs to get a hold of these members of the squad, and the White House certainly needs to get a hold of what is going on on the streets of America and elsewhere. And when I saw some of these people storming the plane in Russia These were Muslims in Russia at that city, Dagestan, and they were trying to get on the plane and going after a plane because they thought there were Jews on the plane. This is crazy. The world must stand united with Israel because their fight is a brutal one. And they absolutely need support right now because they got to wipe out Hamas, not just for Israel, but I believe for the rest of the world. And this is one tough fight. First off, here's a little bit ago. Here is Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, when he was asked, will Israel agree to a ceasefire? And he's like, "Uh, wait, did you go after America after 9-11 or Pearl Harbor? I thought it was a really powerful answer. Take a listen. Here is Benjamin Netanyahu earlier today. Israel will not agree to a cessation of hostilities with Hamas after the horrific attacks of October 7th. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. And then he also said this is a fight for basically the war of civilization. Here's a little more. The Bible says that there is a time for peace and a time for war. This is a time for war, a war for our common future. Today we draw a line between the forces of civilization 
and the forces of barbarism. It is a time for everyone to decide where they stand. Israel will stand against the forces of barbarism until victory. Very powerful statements. Where do you see this going? Because now it looks like the ground incursion has begun. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Benjamin Netanyahu also saying that this is not going to be easy. This is going to be long. It's going to be dangerous. It's going to be difficult. And they are going to continue going back and forth until they feel like they have control and also, obviously, targeting what's going on with the tunnels, too, where Hamas has its infrastructure. Great news, by the way, today, the IDF also was able to free an Israeli female IDF soldier who was taken hostage on October 7th. That was an amazing feat. Uh, she is said to be doing okay already, back with her family. An amazing accomplishment. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Aaron in Israel. Um, Aaron, it's great. I, I see you calling back in again. Um, you and I, I think, spoke uh, before the ground incursion, if you will, started. Uh, fill me in on what's going on. We are in right now in Gaza. We all went in. We are demolishing that place. We are getting every single terrorist. As you saw, as Benjamin Netanyahu, our prime minister, said, we are going there to save our hostages and to eliminate Hamas. We are working on all fronts to save each and every single hostage that's alive to take them out alive and well. So now you are, are you in Gaza right now as we speak? I just came out about an hour ago. Wow. And what was that like in Gaza, Aaron? I can't go into each and every single detail for security reasons, but we are eliminating them and we are going to to, to wipe them out fully that the world will never be able to end up in New York or in France or in Europe or in the United States. What's the um, what's the morale like, I guess, of the troops, too? Are they glad to be going in in the sense that they've been waiting, you and, and so many of your comrades, for so long to go in? It seemed like it was ready, 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 and then it was sort of a waiting game. Um, what's the morale now that they're taking the fight because they know it's a, a noble fight? It's a hard fight, but we are glad to do it to help each and every single one of our brothers and sisters around the world. As we know that I could say thank you, me as a representative from the IDF, I could say thank you to all our brothers and sisters, Jewish brothers and sisters around the world that has helped us from food, from equipment, from anything that we have never seen such a thing that before the war that we saw the politics that was going on between the left and the right. Right now, everything is one, even in the soldiers. I have in my ballot and I have a lot of the left, a lot of the right, and we are all one. There's no left and there's no right right now. We are all one, and we are aiming at one thing, to eliminate a terrorist organization. How ruthless is Hamas, and how dangerous was it, I guess, going into Gaza? Because everybody was worried that, obviously, they had time to mine the streets there, and they had time uh, to prepare. They prepared, obviously, this attack for some time on your country on October 7th. Um, how worried were you and, and how well do you think equipped that 
that uh, whatever booby traps or things they have in place, that's obviously a huge concern. It is a major concern. We are working on all our fronts to go in safety. Everything that we are doing, we make sure that we do it properly for civilians. Like people say, like there was a video that went out before um, that they had a person in a body bag. They showed, they gave out 7,000 people. They're saying it could be 10,000 people, another thing. And then we see a video from them showing a body bag, a, a body, and the body is moving somehow. So they're, they're ruthless people. They're not, they're not just, they're ruthless people. These people are, are ready to kill us and ready to kill not just us, ready to kill every single civilized country in the world. So if we are, if we're, if we're nervous, this is our duties. Our duties is to go and eliminate them. Aaron, um, and we're talking to Aaron, an IDF soldier there who just got out of Gaza. Uh, really powerful. I'm so glad that you're calling in, Aaron. Aaron, did you lose anybody on the 7th of October? Because I know it seems like everybody in Israel was so affected by what happened that day. It's really sensitive. We cannot give out anything what's going on on the ground, anything specifically sensitive to, the, to our forces. Yeah, no no question. I guess I was talking about it on a more personal level because it seems like what happened on October 7th, it seems like everybody there in Israel was impacted, right? I mean, because it's a small country, so everybody knows everybody. They understand what they're fighting for, right? As they say, that we were, in, we were like in Israel – as a Jewish nation, we are all brothers and sisters. No matter if the person is is not related family-wise, we are all brothers and sisters, and that's what we're writing for. Each and every single individual in the army is reservist. You have reservists that left families at home behind. They don't know if they're going to come. Nobody knows if they're going to come back home or not. But we are doing it for one thing, because what happened to us on October 7th, our 9-11, what happened to us, we will eliminate them. The same thing, like everybody's saying that we should watch on, make a ceasefire, uh, watching civilians, that America watching civilians when they went to Afghanistan and Iraq? No. Did Russia watching civilians when they went into Ukraine? No. The Turkey that he says, that animal says that he should go, that everybody should watch on, civil, on, civil, on civilians, he has a war going on right now also. But he doesn't watch any civilians. Why is every, my question is, why is everybody watching on civilians when none of these countries are watched on their own civilians when they were in war? Why are they screaming at Israel? Can you explain that to me? Yeah, you know what? I, I agree with you. I don't understand it either because the the track record, and you know this all too well, Aaron, is, I mean, Hamas has their headquarters. It's already come out. IDF has, has you know, put out a diagram showing it's right underneath the hospital I mean, and they're and they're blocking people from leaving in the south. Uh, they clearly don't care about their civilians. Uh, I agree they're, but they're trying to like turn the tables and trying to turn it into this, you know, propaganda war. Um, and I'm glad that you are able to stay laser focused on what is going to be a really difficult, but boy, is it an important mission, not just for Israel, uh, but for the world. Um, do you feel that Israel is certainly ready for the fight? Um, because, boy, you guys have been – there's such unity in the country, as you said. We are a million percent ready for this fight because we will eliminate them. No matter what it is, we are going to eliminate them. Well, Arian – Every single individual, we are ready with equipment. We are ready with everything. And like I, I said, 
I could say it to all our brothers and sisters around the world from the Jewish nation that helped us from the United States. I never saw our army. I'll be honest with you. I'm in the army right now. We are going in happy. We sing songs when we go in. We don't just go in nervous, be nervous. We are going in, we sing songs. We celebrate that we're going to eliminate a terrorist organization. If we, if we celebrate that we're going to kill civilians, no. But that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's what happens in war. And obviously you guys are trying to do whatever you can to not have civilian casualties. I mean, I, you guys sent down flyers, 100%. told people to leave. We are giving everything. And Hamas is shooting them back in their heads. Either go back or you get killed by them. Well, or they get killed by them. Well, you are fighting, wow, a really ruthless enemy. And, um, Aaron, I'm glad that the spirits are high as you're going in there. Um, and we're with you, and we love you and appreciate you and love and appreciate the state of Israel, too, so much. And please keep me posted how you're doing. Please call back again soon, will you? Yeah, hopefully we'll call you back. I will give you, hopefully we will be able to eliminate them this week, though. Well, we won't have to be there for that long. Well, that would be great news uh, for not just for Israel, but for the world. Uh, Aaron, we're rooting for you big time. Thank you so much. And please tell your comrades the same thing, too. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. And also, I want to say one thing to all to all our brothers and sisters around the world. I know that a lot of people listen to your show. One thing is, I'd like to thank everybody from all nations. And the one thing is we could say, we will live. I know everybody, the, the, the Hamas terrorists and all these terrorist organizations want to wipe us out, the Jewish nation, because... Every single individual that was killed wasn't because they were Israeli, was because they're Jewish. Because the same thing as the Nazis did, because they were Jewish, that's why they were killed. So this was straight up anti-Semitism, and we will live forever. So, so they, they, they should know one thing is, we will live forever and we will be here forever. The terrorist organizations will be wiped out. Like Nazis were wiped out, they'll also be wiped out, the terrorist organizations. And one thing I could say, Am Yisrael Chai. Which means? Am Yisrael Chai is the Jewish nation will live forever. That's what I thought. Aaron, thank you very, very much. And, and we are with you in the fight. And you stay strong and great. And obviously, uh, you get every single one of those Hamas guys uh, 1,000%. We're rooting for you. Aaron, thank you. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. And you stay safe there. Wow. Aaron, uh, in the Israeli army who just left Gaza uh, just a little bit ago. Wow. Hearing firsthand right there on the front lines. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls after the break. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD.
Well, you just heard from Aaron, who is in the U, the Israeli army right there leaving Gaza and back in Israel. Uh, wouldn't talk, obviously, about what they're doing from an intelligence standpoint, but you could hear from Aaron uh, that he and his comrades there in the Israeli military, their spirits are high um, and also focused. And he understands what the prime minister said a little bit ago, uh, that this isn't just a fight to wipe out terrorism for Israel, but it's really a fight for freedom-loving people around the world because Hamas, if they beat Israel, uh, as Netanyahu said, they will continue. They've been burning American flags. They're burning anybody that really represents a democracy in the world. We're basically the big Satan. Israel's the little Satan, they call us, uh, with Iran, who is, of course, the mastermind of Hamas and Hezbollah. Here is the prime minister just a little bit ago. I hope and pray that civilized nations everywhere will back this fight because Israel's fight is your fight. Because if Hamas and Iran's axis of evil win, you will be their next target. That's why Israel's victory will be your victory. Very important words and why he said there is no way they can do a ceasefire right now. They have the momentum on their side. They have started putting the troops in. You could even hear from Aaron that he's hoping that even this week will be extremely successful in the fight against terrorism. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Phil, line five. Phil, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. It's with great sadness I, I hear these these terrible things going on. I mean, we've had we got th- we have three regional wars going on. We had Afghanistan, then we had Ukraine, and now we've got Israel. The world is being chewed apart, and here in our own country, we've got we got tens of thousands of of people, predominantly young white people, I might add, who are working for Antifa, going around and trying to create non-Jewish spaces all over the country. You know, get the Jews out, or this or that. And in Australia, the same same principle. This is all part of a keenly organized effort on, on part of Iran and other countries, probably China as well. But you know what? I think Israel can, can stand its ground, but the United States must enforce this, this ability for Israel to stand its ground. Israel is the presence of the United States in the Middle East. They're, they're a democracy. They mirror the principles of, of, of American life and the, the other countries hate it. They, they, they just revolts over it. What the Joint Chiefs of Staff, I urge as a former soldier, the Joint Chiefs of Staff and those in charge, the four and five star generals, sit down with Biden, whether he likes it or not, have him send about two or 3,000 advisors from all branches, the four branches of the service, and have them there in Israel. Once the other nations, Iran and the other nations, see this, they're going to have second thoughts because they'll see a more aggressive United States in the field. They won't. They won't try anything because if they do, they're going to they're going to provoke an ire which they'll never live down. This is the only way that this matter can be resolved. We need the same thing here too, Rita, with the people who are going crazy with the same mass wave, intense wave of anti-Semitism against people from Israel. The thing is, we need mayors and governors to run up to the White House, 
sit down, whether Biden likes it or not, and tells them we need law and order. We By need the National Guard. One thousand percent, Phil. I agree. Uh, and it needs to be said from day one. Uh, I wish they had said it earlier, but absolutely. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Tom's River, New Jersey, where Tom's River police officer Peter Saker has 20 years on the job but still encounters new experiences every day, like his first on-the-job baby delivery, and it happened recently in a local family's bathroom. It was nearly 2 a.m., when Officer Saker got a call regarding a woman in labor who needed a ride to the hospital. Uh, but Dakota and Nick Fabian's baby wasn't going to wait. Uh, so the officer says uh, she looked at me and told me that her water broke. I was like, uh, OK, the ambulance is going to be here at any moment. And she said that's not going to be soon enough. Although her due date was September 30th, and this happened on September 27th, uh, Dakota said she was completely shocked when she began going into labor. Uh, she said, you don't ever expect to give birth on your bathroom floor. I didn't have time to think about anything. My water broke, and essentially, she just came out. The Fabian's baby girl was born with the umbilical cord wrapped around her neck, but Saker reacted quickly and slipped it over the baby's head. Asked how he knew how to respond, Saker said he deferred to his training. He said, in the academy, you're trained a little bit, but of course it's on videos, it's on slides. Uh, Saker then, obviously, after the baby was delivered, cradled the baby and directed Dakota's husband, Nick, to grab blankets and towels while they waited for the ambulance. Uh, the father said, we were all in shock. I just don't have the words to describe it. He said it felt like hours before the emergency medical personnel arrived. It was only 10 minutes. But thank goodness that the officer was there just in the nick of time. Now, here it is a month later, and little baby Mia is in very good health. Officer Saker said, I have to say it was an incredible, incredible experience. I met two great people as well, and hopefully I can watch little Mia grow. What a great story uh, about our men and women in blue and all the incredible work that they do every single day. Uh, And obviously, good training. Watching that video at the right time certainly paid off. Uh, for this family and also little Mia and bravo to Officer Saker and, of course, all of the great police officers at the Toms River, New Jersey Police Department. Well, certainly police have been called into the scene, particularly at so many of these different protests that have taken place around the country and around the globe. Um, really scary stuff. And these anti-Semitic protests are just infuriating and disgusting to see. And I'm glad that many people are speaking out against it and condemning it. The um, Anti-Defamation League just came out a little bit ago and said that attacks on Jews, anti-Semitic attacks in this country, have risen 400% since 
October 7th when Hamas unleashed its hell on earth on Israel. And there have been protests all over the globe. Over the weekend, I thought one of the most disturbing scenes was at a Russian airport when a plane full of Jewish citizens was trying to land on the tarmac and suddenly it looked like thousands of these Muslim Russian citizens were storming the plane. They got some of them got onto the tarmac. They were storming through the airport and shouting the most vile things ever. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of the sounds from that airport. It's stunning. And they were just shouting horrible things. Some of them got near the plane. Can you imagine how scary you pull into an airport? And these folks, many of them were armed. Uh, the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, came out and said, you know, it's not appropriate to be doing that. I think it should be a little more uh, stronger than that, Vladimir Putin. Not appropriate. Yeah, I, I, it's a lot more than not appropriate. It's just downright shameful and it is downright disgusting. And when you hear all these details uh, and then you see what's going on in America, too. I mean, there's some really scary stuff that happened at Cornell University. There were messages that came out over on a public sort of bulletin board saying that they were going to target Jewish students at Cornell University at their Jewish center. So a few hours ago, Governor Kathy Hochul stepped in. Take a listen. I just convened a conversation with a number of students here in the place that they consider their secure home, a place that has been subjected to uh, threats on social media as recently as yesterday and the day before. And there's a great deal of anxiety here. And I came here in person with one strong message, that we will not tolerate threats or hatred or anti-Semitism or any kind of uh, hatred that makes people feel vulnerable and exposes people and makes them feel insecure in a place that they should be enjoying their campus life without fear that someone could cause them harm. That is absolutely terrifying. And apparently now the FBI has also been called into this Jewish center. Uh, Really vile, disgusting remarks, uh, death threats essentially, saying to the students there. And this, of course, comes after there's already been protests there on Cornell University campus and many other campuses across America. Here is one of the students there, Cornell student Ori Bear. Take a listen. We've always been a proponent of open discourse and healthy dialogue, but, but what the conditions that it's reached, especially in our university, but this is not an isolated incident to Cornell. This is happening in other universities, Cooper Union, Tulane. And it is happening at other universities. Um, here is a rabbi also uh, tied with Cornell. Take a listen. For the last three weeks, Jewish students at Cornell, as they have around the country, are, are mourning. Um, this is a really difficult time. Everyone had knows someone who was taken hostage or who was murdered on October 7th. And then over the last three weeks, as students have returned to campus, there's been one incident after another. And this is happening nationwide, and unfortunately it's happening at Cornell as well, where uh, a professor said some really horrific things. Um, there was anti-Zionist and anti-Semitic graffiti last week. And then on Sunday, we saw these this horrible and vile, vile posts that appeared around campus. And it's really shooken us to, to the core to see that. 
And I am glad that the New York governor has stepped in because students there at Cornell at uh, the Jewish Living Center are just downright scared to death. Uh, when you see something like that and they don't feel protected on campus, I mean, what have we come to? Here is one of the students, Molly Goldstein. Take a listen. Jewish students on campus right now are unbelievably terrified for their lives. There is not okay to have anti-Semitic attacks on campus or on any place in this world. We are scared to go back to our home. We are scared to be in the kosher dining hall. But we are remaining strong as much as we can. What a terrifying situation. And also it comes after what happened at Cooper Union. Remember another university where at Cooper Union, well, guess what? The students were like holed up, remember, in a library. And the Palestinian, the pro-Palestinian protesters were banging on the door and shouting, let us in, let us in, let us in. I mean, this is just unbelievable. I never thought in my lifetime I would see this. I mean, this is just, it's horrifying to see. And I can't imagine being a Jewish student uh, or a Jewish citizen here in the United States and having to see this as they were trying to go to schools, as they're trying to live their lives peacefully and under the stress of everything that's happening over there in Israel. It's shocking. And here is Senator Chuck Schumer uh, speaking out now, but we'll get to maybe a delayed reaction. But here it is. I'm sickened and frightened by the news that has come out of Cornell University, where over the weekend messages appeared on a non-campus online forum calling for violence, violence against the school's Jewish community. Anti-Semitism is absolutely on the rise here in America. And we have an obligation, an obligation, a strong obligation, to condemn this behavior whenever we see it, wherever we see it, and no matter who spreads it. And I'm happy to hear uh, a Democrat saying that, but more of them need to speak out and they need to start condemning some of these members of the squad. I mean, how could these folks who are part of the, quote, Democratic Socialists of America be allowed to be out there spewing this hatred. There was a vote to condemn Hamas, the brutal attacks by Hamas. It's not a tough question. Yes, of course I condemn it. It's despicable. Anybody who loves freedom in the world would not support a group that is a terrorist group that was brutalizing women and children and Holocaust survivors. Uh, what they did was shocking the conscience. I mean, it's just horrible. And so that's not a trick question. But there were more than a dozen members of Congress, Democrats, who couldn't condemn it. A number of them abstained and some said no. I mean, some of the members of the squad said, no, we're not going to condemn it. Can you imagine that? What have we come to? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I contend that these folks need to start definitely putting their foot down. You need to hear the president and other Democrats calling out these so-called pro-terrorist members in their wake. I mean, what are you kidding me? You have members of Congress who are elected who still can't condemn the actions of Hamas that like it's a trick question or, or it's a wrong question. I mean, that is shocking to the core and the president needs to start speaking up. And he needs to start being firm, as do Chuck Schumer and all these others. You know, I'm glad that they're saying, yes, they don't accept this. They don't accept that. 
But then they should also say, and I don't like anybody even in my own party. How dare they? We're going to start holding them accountable. Start being a leader. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike on line four. Mike, your thoughts. Hello, Rita. Well, uh, powerful words by the uh, by the veteran Israeli soldier. Wow. Yeah. What well, wasn't yeah. that beautiful and, and just amazing to yeah. hear his words? Wow. Amazing to hear his words. And I hope it resonated to everybody around the world. You know, tell them friends today down here with what we see now. Okay. What's going on against Israel. Anti-Semitism is up. Like you mentioned earlier, 400% in this country. And you know, the violence that we see, you know, it's translating into violence on campuses and protests on campuses and then physical confrontations. It is, uh, it's, it's, it's bizarre, but it's, it's the real world, unfortunately, you know, with the devils that, uh, and they have to be wiped out. Like you said, Rita, you know, uh, uh, in the beginning, Hamas and the devil, you know, disciples of Hamas have to be destroyed. And they have like, to be, they have to be, yes, but you know, you know what, Mike, before you go further, you talked yeah. about uh, like what has been happening on these campuses. I firmly believe that they should have had they should have been cracked down immediately to me. I mean, that's what's so astounding is that it, at first and I was watching like even the questions at the White House, like when Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked the question, well, do you condemn anti-Semitism? She started talking all about Islamophobia, blah, 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 how we have to help the people of Palestinian territories. And obviously, yeah, people want to help the good people. Yeah, hate on all sides is wrong, 1,000%. And then she finally got to anti-Semitism. It's like it was like almost painful for her to get to that part. But it was easy for her yeah. to talk about, you know, uh, how bad Islamophobia is and anybody who's condemning, which obviously it is, too. But but to not even like it, it seems like they are not making it a priority and they haven't spoken out about people in their own party that have been promoting these like disgusting pro Hamas views. It's disgusting, Mike. It is disgusting. And it's, you know, the only channel I, I, I watch is Fox. You work for and all the other stations like Donald Trump said, you know, it's uh, fake news, CNN. And, you know, uh, CSNBC, I call it the Sharpton racist station, and among others, you know, and other, other rhetoric. They, they, they play the game, you know, they play the game, and the Democrats can do no wrong. But now it's uh, about time that they better stand up and, and take action because, uh, you know, it's not going to be uh, a pretty picture. And what you were saying, saying last week, uh, uh, Rita, you know, about the president and the vice president, I think they should both both be impeached. And uh, uh, what, what were you calling her? Curtis called her, uh, you know, um, uh, giggles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, that's the priority, the war. It's not about global warming and the border uh, out of control. That's a priority. But this is just, you know, um, you know, it, it's, it's taking precedence over everything else. And it's craziness. It is craziness. Yep. It is. And it's scary. I think we're headed to such a dangerous place, too, Mike. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Line three. Dom, your thoughts. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic interview with that Israeli general. I was really moved. Yeah. By the way, soldier, soldier. Just a, isn't that amazing? Just, a, I, you know, I don't know his rank. He's in the army, he said. And they were in Gaza and they just got out. Isn't that amazing? 
what kind of what what other nation would go in and say, well, okay, we're going to go to war happy because that's what we want to do. That's who we are. But really, that filled my heart with pride. Yeah, when he said they were singing, going in, singing Israeli songs, going in, uh, I mean, that to me was so, it had tears in my eyes hearing that, Dom. I would like to bring that gentleman over to all these Columbia universities, everybody speak, speak the graduation speaker for these idiots there. <laughs> by the way, by the way, all these universities, you're right. They should all have like required classes now. They should have to sit there through a commencement speech by somebody like that who has more gir- more courage than all of those protesters combined. Yep, absolutely. You know, if we can get Chucky Schumer to agree with some of the same people in the world on the war, we got something going for us. And that's, you know, that's that's wonderful what he said. But here's the, the point I was trying to make here is I understand, I don't know how reliable this is, all of these Hamas people that was let loose on Iraq, I mean, you know, Israel, and they perpetrated that, you know, horrendous crime and killing babies, stuff like that. I understand they were drugged on Catalin or something that says, you know, that's like a drug to make them high before they let them in. So this is deliberate. They wanted them to do crimes. I mean, it's almost inhuman that to imagine that these people could do that. So they didn't want these people to behave normally. They wanted them to behave like beasts. They drugged them before sent them in. I would, I would appreciate it if you can dig into it and find out how true this was. Yeah, by the way, um, and next time he calls, I will ask that. But I have heard that through a multiple series of reports that they found. The IDF did say, Dom, that they found those pills on them. Of It's like sort of like you just said, it's like a like a like a, a kind of a low grade uh, amphetamine that gets them sort of so high and so hallucinogenic uh, and so amped up, if you will, that they they almost can't like realize what they're doing uh, because what they're doing is so horrific and so disgusting. Uh, but they're willing to do it, you know, at all costs. And they were found with those pills. A number of them had it on their body. Uh, and that came out to, I, I think it is absolutely correct, Dom, because it came out from the IDF and a couple others that they found it. But, you know, it just, it explains the barbaric behavior, not that Hamas needs any excuse, uh, because we also heard the fighter calling back, bragging to his family, hey, I killed 10 Jews. I mean, they, these people are monsters. Dom, thank you very, very much. We'll continue your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Coming up on the Rita Cosby Show, we will talk about more developments coming out of Israel. Again, they were able to free one female Israeli soldier who was taken captive on October 7th. What does that mean for the rest of the hostages? And also some stunning details on the main shooting suspect who killed himself, a self-inflicted gunshot wound on Friday. But now there were so many warning signs about this guy and his mental health problems. It is stunning that the ball was dropped in that case. And we're going to talk about some of the clear, clear warning signs. Uh, Police went to the house before the shooting took place, several weeks before. Uh, How important is it to make sure that those with mental illness 
clearly do not have access to guns. So we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch more and a lot coming out of Israel also tonight. one 800 Let's go to Stan, line five. Stan? Good morning. I mean, good, <laughs> good evening. Almost, almost. <laughs> almost go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I, 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 one, I am Jewish, of course, and uh, I live in Forest Hills. And I attend what's called the Self-Help Senior Center, which is located in the Forest Hills Jewish Center. They have it on the side. Uh, it has police there. But there's, I see the music's coming. Uh, you want me to call? I can come back. With yeah, or, or make it quick, Stan. Make it I, quick. because I've got to talk about there's been a caravan of Palestinian cars every day coming on the boulevard. And I gave them the finger. But uh, Oh, Stan, look at you. you, no, they're, you they're, and it's happening almost every day. Are they coming by intentionally, you think? Yeah, um, they're oh. going up the boulevard, in, like like wagon train, about seven or eight at a time. It's getting ridiculous. Wow. Stan, you stay strong. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll continue with everybody's calls after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, later on at this hour, we will talk about the incredible warning signs that were out there blaring like a big neon sign in the main mass shooter's mental history. The Army essentially declared him non-deployable due to the issues about his well-being and concerns about his well-being, that he was that troubled. There were also welfare checks done on him by police. He didn't answer the door. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to see all the warning signs. This all happened prior to the shooting that took place where he killed 18 people. So don't we need to start cracking down on those with mental illness? Take these claims seriously. He should have been locked up immediately. He never should have been let out of a mental facility It is just a terrible, terrible tragedy. And boy, he I think there needs to be an enormous reassessment of what happened here. So it never happens again. Here is a Maine police spokesperson talking about it. You know, if you talk about is there a motive here, right? Uh, Clearly, um, there's a mental health component to this. Uh, we still need to do some research around trying to get access to certain records and things of that nature, um, which, again, you could probably imagine is not just as simple as he just calling somebody, hey, can he send me this thing? Um, but what I would say is, that based on what I've heard through conversations this morning, I don't see or I'm told that, that we don't have access to any forcibly committed for treatment information reference to Mr. Card, okay? So you can volunteer as an example, to go to a facility and seek treatment for months on end. Um, But if you're not forcibly committed to seek that treatment, and very specific to treatment, right, not forcibly taken for an evaluation, an evaluation is completely different than treatment. 
So there are a lot of very specific criteria around firearms, and you know, are you a possessed person, um, or prohibited person rather, and what that looks like. So in this scenario, uh, we have not seen to this point, I have not seen to this point, that Mr. Card was forcibly committed for treatment. So there are so many questions about the shooter's background. We'll get into that later on because, boy, is that important right now with everything that's happening. By the way, speaking as we're talking, uh, continued strikes taking place in Gaza by the Israeli forces. Also, more attacks on U.S. bases. Remember, uh, we did that strike not too long ago into Syria it turned out there's some reports that it might have been empty warehouses that we actually hit, sort of the most easy targets ever, if you would, in Syria by these Iranian proxies. And there's been a couple more strikes on U.S. forces since then. Uh, we're hearing it's up to 24 attacks on U.S. forces in just the last two weeks. So it clearly seems like Iran didn't get the message. Meantime, speaking of not getting the message, well, uh, these protests are taking place all over the United States. And it's really troubling. We talked about the one, there was one on the Brooklyn Bridge that shut down traffic on the Brooklyn Bridge, which is a major bridge in New York City. And then at Grand Central, there was a crowd chanting. Uh, they were right there by the little Apple store and they blocked and basically shut down Grand Central at rush hour on Friday. Take a listen. Here's uh, some of the sounds of some of those protesters. And this is not just happening, obviously, with students and young people. A lot of them are young people. But there were a 100 professors from Columbia that came forward and were basically showing support for Hamas. They were saying that what had happened was essentially justified, making very vile anti-Semitic comments, standing by statements that came out earlier like doubling down, it's really reprehensible, absolutely reprehensible. Again, I give New York Governor Kathy Hochul uh, a lot of kudos because she did come out and she's pledging unwavering support for Jewish students. She spoke today about what was going on at Cornell. She spoke there and said that there will now be law enforcement protecting these students after there were these vile posts that came out on a public forum saying that somebody was planning on shooting up Jewish students at a dining area that was like a Jewish dining area on campus. It's horrifying, absolutely horrifying. And so today at the White House press briefing, this is Fox News reporter Peter Ducey asking Corinne Jean-Pierre if the president will maybe speak out a little more and condemn all these despicable anti-Semitic verbiage and attacks. Take a listen. Does President Biden look at these anti-Israel protests on college campuses and think it's nice to see that the country's youth are so involved, or does he think the next generation is doomed? Here's the thing. There's no place for hate in America. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, there's no place for hate in America. And we condemn any anti-Semitic threat or incident in the strongest terms. And you heard me say at the top, 
we, we, I gave a message to students uh, who are feeling, who are feeling under threat right now, right? You know, we're tracking these threats very closely. We are there for them. Uh, no student should have to be able to go to class, live on campus in fear. And, you know, these incidents, these reported anti-Semitic incidents at schools and on campuses, that should not be. We have to condemn them. We have to condemn them. I'm happy to hear her finally speaking out and finally saying we have to condemn them. But and she didn't get into Islamophobia on that one where she did last week. It was like it like pained her to say almost anything about anti-Semitism last week. So it's taken the White House a while to even get to this point. And they should be horrified. They should be absolutely horrified when they see these images that are taking place all over the country. And they should find ways that they can throw the book at these people. And anybody who is making serious bodily harm threats, throw the book at them. And it shouldn't just be a question, oh, well, it's First Amendment rights. People are speaking. These protests are getting out of hand. And also, Tim Scott came out. He was speaking at the Republican Jewish Coalition event that took place in Las Vegas over the weekend. A lot of the Republican candidates were there. And he reiterated his call that if somebody is a foreign national and they're here, you know, on a visa at the pleasure of America, we'll get them out of here. That's his feeling. He he feels like deport them. If they show up at any of these rallies spewing, you know, anti-Israeli hate and anti-American hate, Get them out of here. And what can we do? What do you think we need to do to clamp down on these students to send a message? I, again, say the ones uh, that are here, uh, I think you can go after them on hate crimes because then it becomes a federal crime. And, of course, uh, the, punnel, the penalty is much, much higher. It's a much more severe punishment. There's so many things uh, that they can do as opposed to just say, well, hopefully it'll fade away. It's not fading away. It's getting bigger. They're getting more boisterous. They're getting more vocal. They're getting more threatening. And also, they have faculty. I mean, that is what's also stunning. Where are these, what are these faculty members doing? I mean, there's actually faculty members, the ones from Columbia University who signed on, you know, uh, basically advocating for what had happened and showing support. I mean, this is this this something really a screw loose with a lot of these people that are in academia and they're teaching our young people and they're living in a tunnel. And then there's some people out there that say, well, oh, they're young people. You know, let's just, you know, let it slide. They're just trying to kind of figure it out. Are you kidding me? By the way, uh, there was a new poll that just came out not that long ago. And this to me is also pretty stunning. Nearly half of Americans in a new poll say they sympathize more with Israelis than with Palestinians amid the war with Hamas. Uh, again, half. There was a Harvard poll that came out recently that said basically half and half. Uh, half for Israel, half for Hamas, if you will. Uh, I mean, are you, who are these people out there that think it's okay to be raping and beheading women and children? And in fact, today we found out that that woman who was the tattoo artist whose body, remember, she was thrown on the back of a pickup truck after October 7th. And we heard that the 
Hamas did despicable things to her body. Her head was found. They beheaded this woman. Everybody was praying that she was alive, that somehow maybe that she was taken to somewhere and someone got her help. Um, and that maybe somebody even, you know, maybe she was never even taken captive. They were all, everybody was praying because she became such the face of the brutality of these monsters. And it came out today that they found a, a fracture, a part of her skull. I mean, this is, these are the monsters that are taking place on Israeli populations. These are Hamas. And anybody out there who thinks, oh, that's okay, because... They're not operating in a vacuum, like the U.N. chief says, or uh, their circumstances. There's, there is no circumstance, shape or form, for allowing that kind of despicable, despicable behavior. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Judy, line four. Judy, your thoughts about all this? Yes. Hi, Rita. Um, I, I'm just really calling to um, a vote of gratitude, actually, for two reasons. One is I feel tremendous gratitude to you, to all the people in WABC who uh, have supported the Jewish people during this time. I'm Jewish. It's very hard when you kind of in a, um, in a school uh, courtyard by yourself and you see menacing people around you. And it's very heartening when you have your friends and your neighbors that come around and say, it's okay, I'm by your side. And so it's really a way of, I just wanted to say thank you to you, Rudy Giuliani, Curtis Sliwa, Dominic Carter, all the people at WABC, but also my own uh, friends and neighbors. Um, I'm a former um, New York City teacher. And I had people from my public school, they're not Jewish, it didn't matter. They wanted to know, am I okay? They know I live in Brooklyn. You know, I hear what's going on. Please try to stay safe. So I I want to thank all those people who maybe have Jewish friends and have gone over to them and maybe called them and said, you know, are you okay? Um, We we stand with you. And I also want to give a message that maybe everybody out there needs to speak to their children because as a teacher, once upon a time, uh, the Holocaust was taught through literature in the elementary schools. And in the past couple of years with the new curriculums, all that has been wiped out. I don't think the young children understand that the problem that occurred in Germany at the beginning is that people didn't realize where the hatred could go. And they didn't speak out while it was time to stop the hatred before Hitler took over. And then it was impossible. Judy, Judy, you are so right that that young people need to be taught that and need to understand that. Um, And you're right. Education and and adults need to be better role models. I mean, who are these faculty members uh, that are sometimes protesting right alongside them? Um, And Judy, thank you for your nice words about W.A.B.C., um, you know, we love and appreciate um, the Jewish population, and we also stand with you, um, and we understand your incredibly heroic fight that you're dealing with right now 
uh, fighting for freedom, wiping out terrorists, not just for Israel, but I think for the world. So uh, we are with you 24-7. And thank you, Judy, so much. We're going to continue your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are talking about these vile attacks that have been taking place on college campuses, uh, on streets across America, really all over the world. Some stunning numbers now that the Anti-Defamation League is saying that anti-Semitic attacks are up 400% in the United States. And I think especially now more than ever, Everybody needs to stand together and say, we cannot tolerate this. There needs to be examples set on campuses. People need to be arrested if they're making threats. My goodness. Uh, especially also administrators who are also making threats. I am so happy that New York's governor came and said to Cornell University and to other universities in New York, This cannot be tolerated. This will be cracked down. She's bringing in the FBI, bringing in law enforcement to protect students, students uh, that are Jewish. How can they go to school when they don't feel safe? I mean, many of them won't go back to school because they're so worried about this climate. School is for learning, not about being worried about being attacked. This is really frightening where we have come And I think, first off, so many in leadership need to do it from the very start. I'm glad many of them did speak out, like the governor. A number of other people did, too, as well. But I think all good people need to speak out with a clear and very powerful voice and say, enough. And really say, this is not a, uh, you know, there's no gray here, Uh Draw the clear lines and throw the book at anybody who is making those kind of threats. Track them down and also go after them for serious crimes like a hate crime. Uh, make it a federal crime so the punishment is much more severe. Don't just say, oh, well, it's just some kids making these threats. Uh, this is very, very serious. In this climate right now, things are very dangerous, very tenuous, and we must protect our Jewish students. We must protect all students. It's absolutely important. There is no room for hate on any side. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we will continue your calls when we come back. Really stunning. Some of these increased protests that are taking place all over the country. And also, what role do you think academia has in all this? This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story. This one coming from upstate New York, from Latham, New York where New York Army National Guard Sergeant Major Joseph Fisher of Bloomingdale, New York, 
Uh, he's a resident from Bloomingdale, and he's a veteran of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. He retired after 31 years of service during a big ceremony that took place at the New York National Guard headquarters. Fisher enlisted in the New York Army National Guard in 1992. He served as the operations and training sergeant major for the New York Army National Guard since 2019. He also previously was deployed to Iraq in 2004 with the 2nd Battalion, 108th Infantry, and then he deployed to Afghanistan in 2007 as a rifle platoon sergeant in the infantry company. The veteran was awarded the Meritorious Service Medal and also the New York State Conspicuous Service Medal during the ceremony, which took place just a few days ago. Also, he thanked the soldiers that he served with when he spoke and said that they helped him in his career. And specifically, he thanked his wife and family for their tremendous support, saying, it is always the family that takes it on the chin for us and also who helps us choose this path. What a beautiful, beautiful story. And bravo to this great veteran, of course, of Iraq and Afghanistan, and also who did so much with the Army National Guard afterwards as well, who continued to serve. And we are talking, of course, about what's going on in Israel. President uh, Biden saying that he stands behind Israel. He was also condemning anti-Semitism. I was happy today that he spoke out a little bit more about it than he has done in recent days. Uh, it's about time. Uh, he's made some comments, and he's been very steadfast on his support of Israel. Um, but he has to really, I think, clamp down on all these horrible, horrible protests that have been taking place against Israel in the United States. And also... Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel saying that there will be no ceasefire. Um, This is cut number one, and this is where the prime minister just a little bit ago said, right now they cannot sustain, they cannot stop operations. They can't. They have to go full throttle. They're going into Gaza. They have been doing now strategic strikes from the air, from the sea, uh, and also from the ground. Some forces have stayed. For the first time in the last 24 hours prior to that, they were coming in and out. The goal, it seems, is to surround Gaza City. But they got to get to that hospital, the main hospital in Gaza City, right underneath, according to the IDF, is basically Hamas headquarters. How much does that show that Hamas cares about its people, the Palestinians? There's also reports tonight, this is stunning, that Hamas has so much fuel in its capacity, that they could last for many months, that they also have lots of food and also water that will last them many months. That according to the IDF, they have research, they have information, they have intel, that they have all of that. Meanwhile, the Palestinian people are saying they're running out of food. They're running out of fuel. Uh, the electricity is out. They just got some of the Internet, some of that stuff. Some of it came back on in some areas. Uh, but it has been just really difficult for the Palestinian people. Meanwhile, Hamas is using them as human shields. They're using that hospital as a front for the Hamas headquarters. Apparently, there's a huge, huge like spider web of tunnels underneath that headquarters. What does that say about the people of Hamas? They're not letting... The terrorists are not letting any of the good people out from Gaza Strip. 
They're standing there at the border, apparently, with machine guns. Anybody who tries to get out basically gets shot. So they're stuck in the country. And so the prime minister of Israel is trying to get the hostages out. There's discussions with Israel, with the U.S., also with Qatar and all these other countries trying to get the hostages out because now the number went up today. Uh, it's now 238. It was 239. They got this Israeli soldier, the female soldier. Uh, they freed her. That's an amazing feat. Hopefully that's a good sign of what's to come with the rest of the hostages. But at the same time, Netanyahu is saying this is a time for war. We cannot stop. If we stop now, it will give Hamas some advantage to regroup, uh, to reorganize. We have to continue the momentum because we're making strong strides. They have taken out so many Hamas targets. They took out one of the senior Hamas leaders in the last 24 hours, and they said they just have to continue the mission. And also, while they were part of this intel going in and going and taking out some of the leaders, that's when they discovered this hostage. We're hopefully going to get some more details on that. But it seems that this ground operation is what led them to the information to locate at least that one hostage. And they have to continue, they believe, to keep pushing into Gaza in order to achieve the mission of eradicating Hamas. What do you say to these people at the U.N. are like, well, no, they should have a ceasefire. They should have a temporary pause. They should have all of these things. Uh, They seem to do everything they can to hold up Israel. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Rick, line four. Rick, your thoughts about all this. Yeah, Rita, my comment is about the protesters that had the students pinned in at the library. And I think you could check the law, but I'm pretty sure you can charge them with kidnapping. And that would send a message to the rest of the protesters not to do that. Yeah, that's a great point. That is a great, great point. Um, And what about also, what do you think of the fact that some of them are actually professors at school, Rick? I mean, that that is, can you imagine? I could never imagine uh, when I was going to school if I had a a professor like that out there. And some of the professors of uh, Columbia University, I believe it is, where it's it's like a hundred of them signed on to this, like, anti-Israel letter. It's just shocking. I found out years ago that the schools the schools were getting packed with Marxist professors. Uh, when I started looking into climate science, I found out that there's a lot of them, like um, oh, Naomi Oreskes and uh, Michael Mann. Well, most importantly, we also got to find out like who is sort of sponsoring this. I'm happy that uh, in light of all the stuff that's coming from administrators and students. I'm happy to hear that at least there are people speaking out about it, that donors are saying, enough, I don't want to be a part of, you know, a school that's allowing these kind of protests, because uh, I just think there's there's something so inherently wrong, like you just said, <laughs> within the system, that it's been going on for obviously quite some time. This didn't just happen tomorrow. It's just bubbling up, given what's happening in the Middle East. Rick, thank you very much. Let's go to Sandra. Sandra, your thoughts on this? Oh, good evening, Rita. I want you to visualize you're a freshman at Stanford University. You go to the lecture hall, and then the lecturer says to the co-class, whoever is Jewish, and this happened, by the way, it happened twice, and this, this lecturer has been suspended and I think should be permanently let go. But he asked all the students, whoever is Jewish, raise your hands, 
And then they did. And then he said, I want all those students to go in that corner and without your belongings. And he then branded them as colonists. And then he said that um, he just went on to say very bad things about, you know, the Palestinians and the Israelis, how this is how you feel if you're a Palestinian, you're in this corner. And then he went on to talk about the Hamas murderers, uh, they're freedom fighters, and he he spoke about the Holocaust. Imagine this teacher teaching this to the kids, and I'm thinking parents, I think they need to talk to their children who are at school, you know, to find out what they're learning and then maybe advise them. You know, this is, I think this is shocking. I do, too. I, I, I do, too, and I remember hearing that. That is just, to me, so utterly reprehensible. And that just shows so many things are, are wrong with uh, the system that they actually felt it was okay to do it on a very public level, like you said, in front of the class, uh, like nothing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, too, Sandra. This was amazing to me. A Broadway producer, um, he is uh, one of the guys who co-produced uh, the 2020 Broadway revival of Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman. He's seen on videotape using scissors to remove a poster of, of the hostages taken by Hamas. You know, there's all these really powerful posters showing the faces of the different hostages. Right, um, one right. of them's like a nine-month-old baby. But these posters were up, and there's a Broadway producer seen, like, cutting them down, tearing them down. I, I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm glad that he's being called out. I'm glad that also the professor, as you talked about at Stanford, is also being called out. Uh, because it's just it is just so reprehensible and so shocking that they just do it without anything. You know, no, no problem. Yeah, here, this is what we'll do. We'll separate them here. We'll put these others here. Um, yeah. But I'm glad that they're getting called out because uh, people need to know uh, who's teaching the kids, because it's no wonder that kids are now uh, many of them are out there protesting. Uh, if they see their professors out there doing it, they think, oh, well, maybe that's uh, the right thing to do. Uh, when I was in school, I certainly looked up to my professors, and there are a lot of fine professors out there. I mean, I think there's so many professors predominantly that are at schools that that find what happened to Israel reprehensible and are standing with Israel and, and fighting against the terrorists and, and trying to do the right thing. But there are clearly a lot of bad apples, and they need to be weeded out pronto. Uh, let's go to Norm. Norm, line two, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, yeah, listen, I, I'm absolutely have the confidence in Israel that they're going to complete the mission. And I'm I, I'm not worried about that. And I'm also not particularly worried about the thousands of numbnuts that are out there. Uh, well, I wouldn't call it protesting from what I'm seeing. To me, it seems like rioting, uh, setting fires and, uh, uh, you know, whatever, screaming all sorts of anti-Semitic crap. But I'm not, I'm not worried about that. No, let, right? let me what, ask what, you, before you go further, why are you not worried? I'm worried about it because, you know what, um, well, it, it, that that hate rhetoric uh, incites people. And even if, true. you know, you know, even if some people are protesting and, yeah, there's the First Amendment, the First Amendment doesn't cover hate speech. There, there's no. a difference. And when you say, you know, uh, death to this and death to that, right. uh, you got somebody with a screw loose who acts on it. That's right. what's scary, right. Norm. Well, what I'm not worried about is because this is a freak show minority. Okay, this is the crazy, um, uh, you know, the crazy so-called progressive left. Okay, who are being financed. Um, A lot of them are out there because they're being paid to be out there. 
Uh, I noticed this because if you notice the Grand Central protest, um, they had T-shirts like immediately 5000 T-shirts, exactly the same, same posters, same banners, same everything. And who the hell is paying for this? That's that's the question I have. You know, they're not buying those T-shirts. They're being given them. And uh, and they're being told to be at a certain place, a certain time. You notice they're all masked also. They don't want to, people to see their faces. They're being told, cover your identity. They're not wearing masks because they're scared of COVID. You know, they have kafiyas, you know, the traditional uh, Arab, uh, uh, what do you call it? You know, it's like this thing. It's a scarf. And, um, I, you know, I, I, well, who I think needs to get called out at is uh, obviously George Soros. Well, I was I just about to son. say, let, let me tell you this, Norm. This is interesting you're saying this. Uh, this is the story that came out from The Post uh, the New York Post, and they talk about how far-left billionaire kingmaker George Soros has funneled more than $15 million since 2016 to groups behind this month's pro-Palestinian protest. So it's been something brewing sure. for a long time. Um, sure. And uh, it says this Open Society Foundation's records show Soros grant-making network $13.7 million of the money through the Tide Center, uh, which is a group who've justified Hamas's attacks uh you know i mean this is that's that's incredible so you're right it's like he's got his tentacles all over it right look um christian evangelicals are behind israel i believe the majority of jewish people in this country are behind israel look i've got clients you know my clients on the upper west side a lot of them are democrats and they're libs and and uh they're all for israel and uh, look, you got even Stan now. I mean, you, you know, Stan is talking, you know, he doesn't like those maniacs showing up in front of his Jewish center. And that's, you know, that's a good call, Stan. You know, I, I, I think I think uh, if anything, uh, this pogrom that is happening on my people, I believe, is is to some degree uniting us. And it's uniting the good people, and it's revealing who are the bad people in this country. Yeah, that's and, true. Um, Actually, you know, Norm, that's a very, very good point because it's becoming so much more apparent. Um, and maybe it's just shining a big light on something that clearly has been brewing for a long time and that anybody would get out there and at this time uh, chant anything that is deemed pro-Hamas is shocking. But you're right. Um, it's really made things very transparent. Um, and certainly, first of all, again, I do think like I think they need to be clamped down because I think it's getting so unruly. It's so out of hand. They're closing bridges. They're threatening people to the point where kids can't go to schools. I mean, uh, they're terrified to go to class. Uh, they have to have the FBI and police at Cornell now because of this threat that was made to the Jewish center saying they were going to shoot up the Jewish center. I mean, that's scary. And all it does, you know, it, maybe some people are just saying it, but it's still illegal to make that kind of a threat. And some people may act on it. And that's why it, it is just downright dangerous. We need to stop hate right now and stand together, uh, good versus evil and, and make it clear to our kids, uh, that they need to, they need to wake up. And if they have professors that are espousing it, they need to get out of that school. Cause guess what? They're in the wrong school. They're in the wrong classroom. I mean, if I had a kid in one of those classrooms, I'd pull him out ASAP. I would say, no way in heck are you going to have a teacher that's out there protesting at this time and spewing hate. That is just reprehensible. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show.
And at this hour, there are many pounding rockets being fired into Gaza. And we are told that they are going deeper and deeper into northern Gaza. At one point, it was 2.3 million was the population in the Gaza Strip, a lot of them in northern Gaza. But at this hour, we're told that there are still several hundred thousand that are up in the northern Gaza area, despite Israel. Talk about a contrast. You know, Hamas comes in and brutalizes Israel, as we saw just the most despicable things to women and children and the most horrific stories. And yet Israel has been continuously sending flyers, sending messages, saying, hey, we're coming in, telling people at the hospital even, hey, we're planning on hitting this because we know that Hamas is below it in the tunnels. Uh, wow, what a contrast in the way that they do warfare. So why are they being criticized by the U.N. and others? Uh, it is just uh, it's just shocking. It really, really is. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Leah, line four in New Jersey. Leah, your thoughts. Yeah. Hi, Rita. Um, I'm really calling. For, I just want to say a couple of things. First of all, I wanted to echo what Judy said previously, that it is just so uplifting and validating for Jewish people to hear so many amazing hosts and callers expressing their support for Israel and for expressing not being afraid to say the truth. And it's just Thank very you. sad that it had to take such a horrendous massacre to show the world what Israel has been up against all along. They always had to put up and live with the threat of, of suicide bombers, knife attacks, rockets, and on and on. And and it's also sad that it had to come to this for Israel to finally decide unequivocally, no matter what the world says, because, of course, everyone has an opinion on what Israel does, to finally take matters into their own hands. And with God's help, they will succeed and the world will be a safer place for it. So I thank you again for everything that you all do. And I, we really, really appreciate it. I know I I speak for many, many Jewish people. No, thank you. And you know what? It is really sad, like you just said. I think uh, if there is, a, I guess if there is a silver lining, like you said, uh, the courage of the Israeli people and the fight that's ahead is really just amazing, extraordinary, and just deeply, deeply inspiring. Uh, Peter in Montreal, real quick, line five. Pete, your thoughts very quick. Kudos to Benjamin Netanyahu for quoting the Bible. There's something else in there. You reap what you will sow. You, you, Hamas chose to drastically change the culture of this conflict by brutalizing people. They knew what Israel's response would be, and now we must all accept what should and follow and, and unfold as it should. Absolutely. And listen, they didn't tell America after 9-11 uh, to have a ceasefire. They didn't tell America after Pearl Harbor. No way. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.